I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is episode 27 with Ty Nguyen. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxit. Absolutely had a blast with this interview. This was an amazing interview I had with Ty. It was like I was talking to my brother from another mother. You know, he partly grew up in Vietnam. I grew up in Vietnam. And he fully lives out that idea that being different is something that can be used to make a difference. You know, he he's a full embodiment of that. He talks about how he, he's pursuing his dreams and he's going after his dreams. And, he you know, he dives into some of the challenges he faced and how he overcame them. I mean, he also has some some nuggets of wisdom that I feel like you nomads out there will be able to learn and apply instantly into your life. So I can't wait for you to hear this. Sit down. Make sure you you got your, your pen and notes ready. Or if you're in the gym, just have that mental image in your head there where you're taking notes. So stay tuned. Enjoy. And leave your feedback. Can't wait. Good day, nomads. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Ty Nguyen. He's an athlete, he's a writer, and he's also a motivational speaker. And he's joining us today from Peru. Welcome, Ty. Teo, thank you so much for having me, man. I've been looking forward to connecting with you. Ah, nah, nah. The pleasure's all mine. Why don't you give us more background about who you are, sort of your nomadic story, and how you sort of came to where you are now? Sure, man. I, I love what you're doing, by the way. Like you said, my name's Tai. I was born in Vietnam, but left when I was six months old after the, the war. Our family fled the country. My dad was actually put into prison for four years. And as soon as he was released, we fled to Indonesia and stayed in a refugee camp there. From there, we got accepted into Australia, where I grew up. And I ended up with this very strange and confusing accent. But from, from Australia, I went through the whole identity crisis being this Asian kid in a, a Western kind of background and really struggled with high school, struggled with education. And as soon as I finished high school, I actually just wanted to get as far away from Australia as possible. You know, you make these geographical changes to get away from an inner conflict and it manifests in so many different ways. So for me, I just wanted to leave and I went to Canada 
ended up actually playing a season of rugby there for Nova Scotia, played in the national championships, returned back to Australia, got a job as a chef and worked at uh, the Hilton Hotel, later opened up uh, a small cafe with my parents. And, and then from there, I was doing a lot of athletics on the side. I started doing kickboxing, had a couple of amateur fights, moved over to Thailand, uh, did that professionally for close to two years. And then from there, I pursued education, did my Bachelor of Humanities degree in tech. And then after that, I realized that I had this passion and love for writing. So I've moved to Cusco in Peru and I'm working on my first book here in South America. Congratulations on that. It's always a wonderful step when you realize that you, you actually want to write and then you start the process. So. It was challenging, Tao. I definitely, while I was uh, in Texas doing my degree, I, I had a lot of expectation to head down a, a specific career path, uh, which was a great path. But deep down inside, you know, I just I felt like it it wasn't right. And that's something that that I tell a lot of people. You know, it's it's easy when you have a good opportunity in front of you when you're doing a good honorable thing but it can easily distract you from the best and the right thing we can let expectations really really mask authenticity and let it drown out our authenticity and what deep down we know we should be doing so it's usually it's not the bad things that take us away from the the good things it's the good things that take us away from the right thing an excellent point because a lot of times when we get to a point where we head down to a path and where it seems like we're supposed to do that so we get complacent with that and then we ignore some of the passions and the, the dreams that we had earlier i don't know yeah whether, yeah it's out of fear or just we think well we're making six figures now so it's it's okay absolutely yeah. man it's it's not the it's not the bad things you need to watch out for it's it's the good things exactly <laughs> that's a good point okay you touched on a few things there so can you walk us through some of the the identity changes you had to face because i can imagine going from vietnam to australia to all the countries that you went to how did you sort of embrace your your identity yeah, man, there's crises on, on a few different levels. You know, there are the obvious physical appearances. Uh, here I am, an, an Asian guy in a predominantly white culture. So, I mean, obviously there's, there's issues of racism, and you encounter that uh, in all different countries, but I encountered that. Growing up in Australia and, and, you know, especially playing a lot of rugby, I'd get it a lot on the rugby field. And thankfully, although it did get at me, I'd respond just in, you know, putting a big hit on, on the guy that said it in the rugby, on the, the rugby <laughs> field. And so, I mean, that was always fun. I mean, it was, it was almost like a challenge and I'd kind of laugh it off. Um, but deep down, I think it, it does affect you a lot more, although I was able to deal with it like that. But at the same time, I think I am in, in some ways thankful for for the way it helped me overcome difficulties. I guess even though it's not something I would wish upon anyone, I think it's just being presented with an obstacle and challenging yourself to overcome it. So for me, it was, I mean, it was a long journey of really embracing my identity. And I, I think it is hard for me to put my finger on it, but just, just come to the point where, where I was just comfortable with, with who I am and, and realizing that when people lash out at you, I'm, I'm really big on cognitive reappraisal. So seeing things in a different light. So I would put myself in, in the other person's shoe and, and, and realizing that hurt people hurt people. When people are, are attacking you, I really do believe they're going through some issue in, in their own self that causes them to react like that. Uh, so while on the football field, it was, it was fun to, to react 
physically back to, to their insult. Uh, I think on a deeper level, when you encounter people that, that really verbally say nasty things to just reflect and, and almost in a sense feel sorry for them, uh, to feel as though they're going through something uh, individually that causes them to react like that. So you, you came to a point where you just sort of accepted who you are and you're not, you know, you can't exactly pinpoint it. This happened to me too. Um, when I get asked this question, I always say, at some point between high school and college, I just became, uh, you know, okay with who I was. But, it, you know, it was a journey like you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there's an author named Andrew Solomon who's got a book called Far From The Tree. And really that recently has, has helped me through even more healing. He makes this distinction between your, your vertical identity and your horizontal identity. So your vertical identity is, is your ethnicity, is your appearance it's just the things that that you can't change and and making the distinction between that and and sort of what you do and i've kind of taken that idea and taken a few other ideas and and that's really the foundation for for my book but it's it's making that distinction between your unchangeable self and your changeable self so accepting who you are is a balance of of those two Mm. uh it's it's really coming to the point where okay what what can't I change about myself? Right. How can I accept that? But how can I also balance that with the things that I can change about myself? And I think those two working in tandem together really brings a person to accepting who they are. That's one reason I really love that third culture kid word because, you, you know, it's like your culture, your parents, you know, your parents' culture and sort of the mix of all the cultures you've been. And, and it's, you know, it's... I long for a day when people can see the beauty in global knowings and third culture kid. And when I say beauty, I'm not saying something physical. I'm, I'm referring to the beauty of the world, you know, the beauty of the, all the cultures we've interacted with. Someone can hear, for example, in you and see, they can see Vietnam on your face, but they can hear Australia uh, in your voice. And then maybe uh, if you stay in Peru long enough, they can see something from Peru and you're like, wow. That guy really is a reflection of the beauty of the world. I think uh, it's, it's great that you're... Uh, you're a living embodiment of that, and I'm always excited when I meet people like that. No, man, I actually just made that connection with the, the third culture. You know, you're absolutely right when we talk about dividing things up, being and doing versus uh, vertical identity, horizontal identity. That third culture is really that embodiment of, of everything we've been talking about. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I'm going to touch on this a little bit. So just flipping the question here, you came, to, you came through this process, you sort of embraced who you are, how did you start to connect with people as you started to travel more? Obviously, you knew you, you, know, you looked different and you were different, but then what was one thing you did to make sure you were on the same common ground as you became comfortable who you were? Yeah, and I think a lot of times you, you don't get that many Asian travelers are around. I guess you do get, I mean, Japanese tourists are around everywhere, but it's still, it's almost as if people don't know how to respond when they see like an Asian backpacker. Like you do see a, you do see a lot of, of Western kind of Caucasian folks traveling all the time. But I think we're a little, I'm a little bit more of a novelty being on, 
of Asian appearance. But honestly, man, learning the language and simply smiling breaks down so many walls. It is it is so simple. But when I can tell people a little uncomfortable and a little unsure, bro, I'll just I'll just smile like massive smile, and it just it doesn't take long for them to sort of break down their walls. And then on, honestly, learning the language is another massive thing that helps connect as well. Yeah, that, that, that's great because I, I I'm smiling now as you're saying that because I oftentimes whenever I I'm in uncomfortable situations myself. Uh, I just, you know, I just smile and then just, I, you know, hopefully something comes out of there. But I think so. Definitely learning at least some phrases and languages and and um, trying to connect. I think that speaks volumes to the locals because it tells them like, okay, you're more than a tourist. You're actually making an effort to, you know, to assimilate. Yeah, absolutely. When when they can tell, even if you're stuttering through the words, if you're really attempting to, I think they they appreciate that also. Yeah. I agree. My mission statement, Ty, I'm sure you know, is is, is use your difference to make a difference. Um, yeah. And that's something I try to live by every day. So what is one way you use your difference to make a difference? Yeah, man, I love that statement. I saw it on the website and I was like, oh, yeah, that completely resonates with me. And I, I want to leverage off that a little. I think I think in order to use your difference to make a difference, you've, you've really got to start with with being different. Mm. And I think I think that's a struggle for a lot of people because we're we're honestly always pushed towards conformity because it's safe, you know. I think yeah. being being part of the majority, uh, there's this huge sense of safety in it, and it causes us to really push aside our unique qualities. And rather than than stand out and be different, we we struggle with this pull towards majority. So first of all, I think it's about just embracing your nuances, embracing your, your uniqueness and begin with being different. And so for me, I embrace that early on. I really, I'm thankful for the fact that I struggled to fit in with the mold and that I wanted to run off and do my own thing. And so I did that with, with playing rugby over in Canada, with doing the Muay Thai in Thailand, with being a chef. So it started off with really embracing difference and being different. So I think for, for people to use your difference, you've got to start with embracing being different. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with, with wanting to, to be part of a big group. But I think at the same time, look at what is unique about yourself and, and build off that. And that's how I think I've made a difference just because I've, I've got a kind of sporadic lifestyle. People look and say, like, you've done a lot of random things. And Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
that is sort of like an open door for me to start talking about things. I think, yeah, through that, I've I've been able to leverage what is different about me to use it for, you know, what I'm doing now is wanting to be a writer and and evoking positive change through words. Yeah. And and it's an education opportunity, right? So you said you don't sound like you're supposed to sound. I certainly don't sound like I'm supposed to sound because, you know, I'm, I'm Nigerian, but we have a different accent. But every time I run into someone and I tell them where I'm from, it's always that shock on their face. Like, wait, you're not African-American? <laughs> and, and it, But I use that as an opportunity to educate them. Like, you know, in you know some countries in West Africa, we were colonized by England. So English is certainly something that, that is spoken a great deal. While the accent might be different, it's, uh, you know, English is something that's spoken there. And... I, I think I, I think just embracing that difference, like you were saying, and making that effort to understand that there are seven billion people, and trying to be like others is probably a lot more effort than it would be if you just be your different self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is more more effort, and it is uncomfortable at times, and it is challenging yourself to step out of that comfort zone. But I think what you gain through doing that is is definitely worth it. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that you're you know you, you're really living out this lifestyle, and you're you're actually going out and doing things there. So that, that's great. So I want to talk a little bit about some of your personal work. I, I know you you're writing a book. I want you to talk about that a little bit, and then your website, Utopian Life. Can you tell us what the mission is and what your goal is with that? Yeah, I think it's very much along the same lines of of the work you're doing. It it is a little different, but it's a manifestation of, I think, everything that I've I've learned in life and really about embracing the things that you're passionate about and and building a lifestyle around that. And again, it's like being unique and being different. And I've met so many people that rather than swinging towards your uniqueness and your nuances that they've swung towards the majority and in doing so kind of committed this, I guess, spiritual suicide in a sense of just locking away the things that they're passionate about and their own authenticity that pushed that aside and gone for expectation rather than authenticity. So the site's just, I just want it to be a launch pad, a, a catalyst for people to begin to question, am I really doing what I absolutely love? And can I build a lifestyle around that? So it's just about providing that motivation, providing articles. I've done a lot of interviews with people who are living their dream. And just to expose people to the possibility that they could go out and do it. I mean, these are everyday people that have gone through the same struggle, gone out to do that. So that's what I've wanted to expose people to. And, you know, basically, you know, reawakening their dream letting them know and relighting that fire that, that's in them because everyone's unique like you've pointed out and everyone knows you know what they dreamed of being um I, I often think it's it's interesting how as we grow up we become more cynical you know when we're kids you know younger we, we're all we want to be this we want to be that and 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 we we are you know we're what you say unrealistic with our dreams but it's that's the beauty of being a dreamer we 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 are not afraid to say what we want when we're younger and we as we grow older and we start to see the world we start to say oh maybe i can't do that maybe i can't yeah and that becomes absolutely agree man I, i think ambition and dreams like you said it's something that's wired into our dna and as kids we freely express but somewhere along the line that gets that gets buried and pushed aside for for whatever reason and and it's sad to see i've met a lot of people that that are just living life i guess kind of passively and with these buried dreams and it's it's just about reawakening that and, and you know there's that quote from 
Dead Poets Society that no matter what anyone says, words and ideas can change the world. And I truly believe that. I truly believe just in exposing someone to uh, an article or, or an interview or some sort of idea that that can be the catalyst for, for change that they need. Absolutely. Thank you so much for doing that and uh, reminding us that because I, I think it's definitely something we need to embrace. What about no. the book? The book. Yeah, can yeah. Can you the, talk the about book? it? <laughs> I don't know if you can or not. Sure, absolutely, man. I'd love to share. The, the title, I think, is, is about 70% said. I'm about halfway through, but um, it's, it's going to be called Flip Your Script. At this point, it may change, but really it's, it's about meaning, identity, and purpose through the, the vehicle of, of story. I think the power of a story is 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 tremendous in life i think we we resonate so much with stories and i include a lot of scientific research and, and marketing research that that they've done where people actually release oxytocin which is a you know that famous kind of love chemical people release more of that relating to a product an advertisement than than a person if the advertising uses a story in its campaign to deliver their product. People actually respond more to a product than a person. If they use story, that's how powerful the medium of story is. And, and I mean, if we look back historically, if we look back at cave paintings in ancient times, it's, it's all about delivery of story. So we resonate so much with personal stories and with, um, with stories that other people tell us. And so consciously or, or subconsciously, there's a story that's driving our life. Everyone's living their life according to, to a meta-narrative, to, to a big story. Everything you do is, is connected back to a story that, that you're, uh, that's driving your life. And a lot of people aren't aware of the story that's driving their life. It's shaped by environment. It's shaped by people in our life. It's shaped by so many different things. So basically the book is just about sparking that awareness to, to what is the story that's driving your life and how can you become more of an active participant in that story rather than a, a passive kind of observer. You know, this podcast is called As Told by Nomads and, and it, it's, it ties in exactly to what you're saying. It's, it's basically leveraging that storytelling thing where people come on, they tell their stories just like you're telling your stories right now. I think people resonate so much with, with, you know, stories from people like them and they can see, well, you know, he or she did that, you know, Ty did that, that motivated me to do something. Now I want to go live my story and use yeah. my difference. So uh, yeah, I can't wait for the book to come out. You have to let me know so I can, I can do my own media blitz here. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. I would, I'd, I'd really appreciate any, any support in it. So I will be, I'll be hitting you up for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I'm, um, I'm always happy to do that. All right. I'm going to go to some fun questions here. What's the country you've been to with the best food? Oh man, I'm loving Peru at the moment. I, I love street food wherever I go, bro. So whether it's in Thailand or, or Vietnam, uh, or anywhere I go, I love street food. But here in here in Peru, in Cusco, there's this old lady who's got this little street cart, uh, and I visit there almost every night. But she's got this this I guess Peruvian thing called papa relleno. It's probably not the best for you, but it's like it's like this egg with vegetables and potato wrapped around it, like mashed potato, and then it's deep fried. Oh. But man, it's it's good stuff. And then she's got some. <laughs> She's got this other stuff called yuca frito, 
which is yuca is kind of like a root vegetable and um, and that's deep fried as well. It's all deep fried stuff. You can kill your deep fried food. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm loving it. It's not good for my belly, but I'm loving it. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, so Peru takes it for now. What about uh, country with the best music? Oh, best music, man. It's the the Spanish kind of influence here uh, with the the pan flute. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Peru again. You are, okay, I think it's good that you moved to Peru because I think uh, <laughs> I don't know if all your answers are going to be Peru, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll change it up. I'll change it. No, up. no, no. If if it's Peru, it looks like you're in the right place. That uh, okay, That's movies, cool. best movies. Movies, oh man. Peru, Peru. <laughs> I think with technology, it's unfortunately or fortunately, the American culture kind of pervades wherever you go. So it's like American movies everywhere. Okay. That's what I've been saying. And this one is an interesting question. I, I recently started asking it. So which country did you go to that changed your opinion about them? So maybe you went there thinking, oh, people are going to be like this. And then you came out thinking, wow, that... It's not what I expected. Probably have to say Canada. Just because I didn't have much knowledge about Canada, I thought it was, and they'll probably get offended hearing this, but I, I really thought it was going to be very similar to the United States. Mm. But they're, they're very quick to tell you that uh, they're very different uh, Americans and they do, they, they do have a different vibe about them. I was out in Nova Scotia, which was a, a maritime province as well, and, and they were... They were a different breed in themselves, but but definitely a chilled out vibe in Canada. Oh, so you expected more of an American type of vibe, and I, uh, yeah, yeah. And landing in uh, Montreal and being confronted with the the French culture there, that was uh, that was different as well. These are some questions I feel like other TCKs can benefit from. What do you feel like is the best thing about being a TCK or third culture kid? I have to say that the freedom of not fitting into a mold. So. So just being able to step outside of my my Asianness to jumping into the the Western side of me, just I think yeah, the freedom of, of not fitting into a mold. And then uh, what what's the worst thing about being a PCK? Uh, <laughs> I guess on, on the other end of that spectrum is is finding your identity. Yeah. I think had I had I not left Vietnam, I would have just grown up as a typical. Vietnamese village kids surrounded by other Vietnamese village kids and I I would have just been confronted with things that are very similar and not questioned right, my identity right. at all. How do you feel like TCKs can impact the world in the future? What kind of impact do you feel like we can have? Oh man, I, you know, I think with the world becoming more and more globalized through technology, I, I think on one hand we, we have a responsibility that we owe to I guess the next generation that's growing up in this very globalized world to, to share. This is why I love what you're doing, to share our struggles and our, our trials and how we overcome them because I think the next generation are going to experience the same as the world becomes more globalized, as people become more spread out and travel more, that, that people are going to be confronted with this identity crisis. And it's funny, I had no one to talk to about this as I was growing up. I think a lot of people feel it but don't have a connection point, which exactly. is why, honestly, I, I love what you're doing in, in making more people aware of the identity crisis that's 
happening and it's easy to slip underneath the radar so in order for, for helping helping the world it, I, I think we owe a responsibility to talk more and to share more about this well i you know i couldn't agree with you more and um i you know i thank you for the kind words about you know i think you're doing the same thing and uh, i can't wait to see the impact that you, your work does and has on people so no likewise man i'll be i'll be uh watching all your future success and your future work and definitely hope to to be able to help you in any way hey we'll build each other up how about that hey amen. <laughs> sounds awesome <laughs> all right so this is the last one here where where can we find out more about you you know what's the best way to reach you and how can we reach out? Yeah, sure, man. I'd love to, to hear from your, your listeners so don't hold back. Uh, you can jump on my, my website where I do my writing over at theutopianlife.com. I've recently tried to get more active on Twitter, so you can find me at, uh, at TyWins, T-H-A-I-W-I-N-S. And, uh, yeah, those are probably the two places to connect. Jump on the, the Facebook page, and I uh, would love to hear from you. Love it, love it, love it, love it. That's TyWin. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, sir. Hey, likewise, Ty. I love what you're doing, man. And and, uh, definitely stay in touch. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.